Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Joe Quinn. Recording this on a Wednesday. This podcast will be out. When by the time you hear it, it will be Thursday. Episode 944, NFL Week 20 of the Real Deal Podcast. We have a busy, busy podcast. A lot going on even beyond the uh, football with the conference championships approaching. And we're going to begin, of course, looking back at the divisional playoff round with all the thoughts. A phrase that Buffalo fans probably have dreaded going back to 1991 um, with Scott Norwood, and that is wide right, wide right. The Buffalo Bills go down again to the Kansas City Chiefs 27-24, a classic game, even though the fourth quarter was kind of sloppy. There was a point in that game between uh, the middle of the second and throughout the third where you can't play better football as far as the level of play, how much each offensive possession meant as you had five lead changes in, in one game, which is just ridiculous, in a playoff game at that. And that you know again fourth quarter was kind of messy with some of the with some of the some of the play uh, on by both teams, but for the most part we got ourselves another classic battle between these two teams and which, which by far again this is easily the best rivalry at all in the NFL and I, I frankly don't even think it's close to be perfectly honest with you because they keep meeting in the postseason but. Just like the previous two meetings, it is the Kansas City Chiefs that come out on top. This has to be, you know, for the Chiefs, the sweetest out of the three victories. Even even more so than back in 2022 with that wild 42 to 36 game um, in overtime. Because they were expected to win that game, even though Buffalo was right there that year. And Buffalo had a championship caliber team that year. They still were expected to win that game at home. This game... Uh, you know, it basically was a toss-up, but you know, Buffalo for the first time had home court advantage over Kansas City. There was some not doubts, but there were some questions whether or not you know Mahomes in a playoff game on the road, what would that look like? And he, you know, did what what Patrick Mahomes does. We'll get I'll get to the Kansas City stuff later on. We have plenty on them as they advance to their sixth straight AFC championship. This is about Buffalo. Um, listen, if you're Buffalo, you, I, I, I guess, I mean, bitterness, disappointment, um, this despondence, I guess, I guess all those things would apply to this game and to how you must be feeling right now. Um, I'm not going to say the Bills should have won this game. I think this game basically was evenly matched, evenly played. The two teams like basically had the same amount of yards. But I, I, I'll, I'll say this: Buffalo. If you look at Buffalo's game plan, it was it was like you know they their game plan was ideal. They run the ball for 182 yards, 39 carries. They controlled the, the clock in terms of time of possession, 37 minutes to 22. They had 78 plays to Kansas City's 47, right? And Josh Allen, you know, he had the fumble, but they recovered that. Outside of that, he played basically, uh, I would say, an A to A minus game, an A minus to A to A game. So I, I think, like, I think you got everything you wanted from that standpoint. But the problem with the Bills, and it was something that uh, maybe was not talked about enough, maybe not so, not so much by fans in Buffalo because, you know, you know your team inside out or the people who cover the team, but by my, myself, but it was just they had no pass rush. And that defense could not hold up against Kansas City. A Kansas City team that, Offensively, we when we spoke on this numerous occasions over the course of uh, the season that this was the worst-looking Kansas City offense in the Mahomes 
Andy Reid era, period. And But they were clicking. They looked as good as they looked all season against our Buffalo. And, and part of the reason, by, besides part of the reason for that, was uh, the fact that Buffalo just completely was overwhelmed at the line of scrimmage. Kansas City was able to run the ball when they wanted to, especially in the second half. And they frankly got no pass rush. I mean, next to no, zero pass rush on Patrick Mahomes, which is like death. Uh, this is not going to work out. You can't blitz him. You can't blitz him. But if you get no pass rush on him, then, you know, like you could just kiss your ass goodbye on the NFL opposing team. That's like you have, like that is, you know, you have to touch him. You have to touch him. Um, so, I guess with Buffalo, you look back three days later when some when the dust has settled to say this wasn't a championship team. And you well, know, and I'll talk about McDermott a little bit later, but I I just think that you know sometimes you sometimes in sports you miss your shot. <laughs> sometimes like so, okay, so. Buffalo right now will be in a position where, no, it's not rebuilding. You have Josh Allen. He's a legit top five quarterback. He, uh, I know a lot of people, you know, he's just can't beat Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's, <laughs> and, you know, Allen in the games that Allen has played uh, against Mahomes, it's not so much he's been bad. Mahomes has just been a little better. Like, if Mahomes was, uh, if Allen was an A, in this particular game, Mahomes was an A plus. Period, point blank. And over the course of their careers in the playoffs, Mahomes has played. Allen has played at a extremely, with the exception of the first game, which he didn't play well. The first playoff game back in twenty, the twenty twenty season, he didn't play well in that AFC Championship game. The following two games, he's been spectacular. I mean, he's absolutely. I mean, you, you, you almost can't play any better against the Mahomes. But that's what Kansas City does to you. They put pressure on you that forces you to be perfect, and it becomes not so much about talent. It becomes about can you be perfect for almost six for sixty minutes? Can you make play after play after play? We saw this when New England was winning championships. Like, it wasn't so much that they would overwhelm you. It was just so much, they were just so consistent and did not, for the most part, beat themselves that at a certain, at a certain point, you broke. Like, you blinked. And you would do something, you know, that would cost your team a game. You would have a key turnover or stupid penalty. And that's what Kansas City does to you. That's what Mahomes does to you. Um, this game, again, this game easily could have been won by Buffalo. Um, Stephon Diggs and Buffalo receivers did no favors to for Josh Allen. Now he knows how uh, you know Patrick Mahomes has been feeling all season long because there were some there were a couple of deep passes that frankly should have been caught. Diggs let a, a short fire, not touchdown, but a short fire. 50, 60-yard pass that was perfectly thrown. I mean, a a, a bomb from Patrick, from uh, Josh Allen, go right through his hands. And Diggs, you know, he once was a great receiver. Really, he clearly is on a, dec- is on a decline. Um, in three playoff games against Kansas City, he has 12 catches for 105 yards in three playoff games against Kansas City. And that's the difference between these two teams. Kansas City's big-time players play great. Buffalo's, outside of Josh Allen's, they don't. You have Chris, not Chris Smith, you have Chris Jones with the biggest rush in the fourth quarter that negates a touchdown for Buffalo. He gets a pass rush. He basically pushes the, the, the tackle back in Josh Allen's face. Josh Allen's not able to put enough on the throw and you know that you know that should would have been a touchdown. Josh Allen didn't get hit on the elbow. He didn't get he didn't get physically touched, but he couldn't step into a throw. 
that's a big time play by one of the best pass rushers, one of the best defensive tackles in football, one of the best defensive players in football. Von Miller, non factor. Period. And we've seen this time after time. Tyreek Hill, when he was with Kansas City, put up, you know, constantly. I know he only had one touchdown against the Bills, but that was one of the biggest touchdowns. That was that was a touchdown that was a big play in that uh that classic, that 42-36 classic a couple years ago. And his numbers, you know, he racked up big-time yard numbers against Buffalo in those playoff games when he's with Kansas City. You have Josh Allen, excuse me, uh, Stephon Diggs, that has been a non, an absolute non-factor. Harrison Buckner makes a 49-yard field goal to send the game to overtime a couple years ago. 49 yards. Tyler Bass misses a 44-yard field goal at home. So, like, it's just that simple. Like, they, Kansas City's best players have made plays that Buffalo's best players have not. Period. So, I think if you're Buffalo, they're going to be in a very precarious and it's going to be a very interesting offseason for the Bills. Um, the Bills is not going to get fired. And we knew that once he got the team, was able to right the ship and get this team as far as he got got them uh, in the playoffs, division around, losing a classic to Kansas City. But, you know, I said this, and I'll stick to this, said this during the season, and I will absolutely stick to my guns here. Unless you're going to bring in a top-flight offensive guy, I don't see how I, – I, like, I, I wouldn't keep McDermott. Like, I, I just – I think you can run – Listen, you can be you can be in the same place for too long. You get to a point to where it's absolutely time for a change. We'll talk more about that. We saw a coaching change in the NBA where it was time for a change. We'll talk more about that later on. But you know that came a lot quicker than this would this would be with McDermott. But I you know I think McDermott has taken them as far as he's going to take them. He took them to the AFC Championship a few years ago. He's been in the playoffs every year. Been consistent. They've won a lot of games. But I don't think McDermott is the coach that's going to take this particular team over the hump. I just don't. Uh, like I said, unless you're going to bring in a top offensive guy, then I think you need to move on from McDermott. But they will not do that. They, they, they will be already behind with in terms of coaching interviews and what have you. But again, I look, look I said I'd fire McDermott off the job to Bill Belichick. Like, why not? And you think Bill Belichick would turn coach Josh the coach Josh Allen, and with some of the defensive pieces that they do have, and we'll be getting back next year from uh from from uh from injuries. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't hesitate. I've listen. We've seen it before. We we you know we saw it in the NBA oh two oh and oh three oh four. You know, Rick Carlisle was a very good coach. It was a top coach then. Got replaced by a better one in Larry Brown. Larry Brown won a championship the following year with with um with the Pistons. So this is not, it's not out of like it's not like is you know something that we haven't seen you know Tony Dungy uh, John you know John Gruden I even know I think Tony Dungy is a better coach than John Gruden but at that time I understood why they made that move considering that they you know Tony Dungy some of the playoff failures that Dungy had with Tampa. Uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and they made the right move and got them Super Bowl. But I, again, I don't, I, I think things have ran their course with this uh, McDermott regime over the course of uh, during his tenure. And again, Buffalo, they like, there'll be $40 million, $43 million over the cap. Josh Allen's cap number, and this is the most important. From a money standpoint, this is the most important number that you're going to hear in the offseason. Josh Allen's cap number goes from 18 this year to $47 million next year. So he's going to get paid like a top flight, top five NFL quarterback. That means you're going to lose a considerable amount of talented players and you're going to have to hit on the draft. Think about free agency. They're going to hit, you're going to have to hit on the draft. And some of these draft picks that you've had in the past couple of years are going to have to start. They're going to have to start paying out. That's where Kansas City has separated themselves, and that's what that is. The number one reason, other than Patrick Mahomes, 
why they're in their sixth straight AFC championship. They have nailed the draft the last two or three years. They have one of the youngest defenses in the league. They have young talent at the receiver position. I know it, you know, with the guy Rice, they have, you know, they have hit absolutely hit on the draft, especially on defense. Especially on defense. It's one of the reasons why the Rams were very good this year. They hit they've hit on the draft with some with uh with, with the receiver that's gonna be offensive rookie of the year or second he will finish second to CJ Stroud, but he easily could be offensive rookie of the year considering like the numbers that he put up. But Stroud, you know, Stroud led his team to the playoffs. But they hit on him, they hit on some young defensive talent. You have to hit on the draft. Like you like you in today's NFL more so than especially with quarterbacks, if you have a star quarterback, you have you absolutely have to nail the draft more times than not if you want to maintain year in and year out consistency. And Kansas City has been ahead of the curve from that standpoint. They have absolutely nailed the draft. You go go look them up the last two to three years. They have a bunch of young talent on that team. So Buffalo is going to have to nail the draft. Um, they going to make some decisions on again. I will move away from probably Stephon Diggs. I think I've, I think you know he's at that point in his career where you know you go come back with him next year. You're going to be seeing you'll see a certain you'll, you'll see a dramatic decline. So I think they probably may move off of him. Wouldn't be surprised. They'll get Gabe Davis back. And start developing. You know, Shakir is a is a has a nice is nice has a nice talent. They have excellent tight ends. Um. So you you know you might you'll see them uh possibly move off uh off digs, but they they have a lot of decisions they're gonna they're gonna have to make and they're gonna have to make in regards to some personnel. But more importantly, they're gonna have to decide as a franchise who are they. Uh, you can't continuously run Josh Allen the way he ran him the last half of the season. I know it it looked great. You increased his carries, but at some point, like you just he's gonna get hurt. Like uh, that, you know, I know he's six five, two hundred and forty pounds, but he's not indestructible. He took a lot of hits in that game. He took some big hits. That over the course of the season, he won't make it to the playoffs. So you you can build a team that could be a a run a run running football team play action pass situational running from Josh in terms of Josh Allen like there's a way to carve out the identity offensively um when you have like when you have a Josh Allen like you like they showed the last five or six games of the season that they are capable of being when they choose to and when they do it with the intention of being a, a excellent running football team they show that minus the Josh Allen yards. Keep this in keep this in mind about Josh Allen. Hey Manning, oh Josh Allen's record, his playoff record right now is five and five. Which is, you know, okay, which is which is fine considering that three of those losses to Kansas are to Kansas City. So he's five and one. Five and oh, five and uh two against everybody else minus Kansas City. Peyton Manning started out his career three and six and zero and two in the playoff, zero and two against New England in the playoffs. Peyton Manning, for his career, as great as he was, and Peyton Manning's legit top five quarterback of all time, five MVPs, the whole bit, two Super Bowls. He only had a career, a, a playoff record of fourteen and thirteen, and the only reason he finished above five hundred in the playoffs is because the the last run he had as a quarterback with the Denver Broncos when they won. When they end up when they were, he was three and zero, he would have been, if not for that run, he would have been finished. You know, possibly eleven and thirteen or twelve and thirteen, or he would have been under five hundred for his career in the playoffs. Period. So let's keep that in mind about Josh Allen. Um, you know he's taking some heat. Uh, I again, I would take Josh Allen on my team in a heartbeat, in a absolute heartbeat. But you cannot sit up here. You have to. I'm not gonna say get him some help. You have to create an offensive identity that fits what he can do. 
or that fits. You have to create. They're going to create an offensive identity that is built for January. It's not even about what he can do, if any, what he can do. It's about creating an offensive uh, identity that is built for January. Running him like you run him, that's not going to work out. But like I said, they can run the football and they can do play action and they can do some things with the tight ends. Like they have weapons there. And it shouldn't be that hard (laughs) to figure out who you are as an offense. It really shouldn't be as hard as they've they've made it in the past couple of years. We will get to uh, as far as Kansas City goes, listen, I I was absolutely dead wrong. Even though I thought this was a toss-up game, it builds the win. I did that very nervously, and I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a lot of confidence in that pick, but I did pick the Bills to win. But Kansas City, listen, they know how to win. When you and when you know who you are, when you know how to win, and when you have that dude on your team, then you know. You can be anybody anywhere. We're talking now. Mahomes six and zero in divisional games, thirteen touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Andy Reid tenth championship appearance. Uh, Mahomes has never, never not been in the conference championship since he became the starting quarterback in twenty eighteen. Only Tom Brady has a longer streak of consecutive conference championships from. 2011-2018 uh, uh, mark of eight, which certainly Mahomes will have a chance to tie or possibly pass if he, if he is to stay healthy. But he was basically basically perfect in that game. And there is a confidence that Kansas City plays with knowing they have him, knowing that they literally have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They are perfectly comfortable in, in a close game. They have a great field goal kicker. They have a guy that knows that can take him down the field at in you know thirteen seconds. We saw him do it a couple of years in the play, go in a playoff game, and that is a psychological advantage because of what type of team you have as far as talent goes. This, like I said, this is not. This is the least. The, as a whole, this is the least talented of the Kansas City teams that they've had in the, the, the Reed Mahomes era, but they just know just know how to win. And they for the most part are not in a playoff, especially in a playoff game, they're not gonna beat themselves. They're just not gonna do stuff to beat themselves. And again, they got a little sloppy, the Hartman turnover trying to put the, and I don't know why guys like I know Belichick used to coach his players not to try to reach for a touchdown at the goal line like that. The Patriots were specifically coached not to do that. So there was a stretch of in the last 10 years where we started seeing, you know, guys fumble trying to reach. We saw Dez Bryant and it, you know, it, it either being a fumble or not completing the, the, the uh, uh, incomplete pass or stuff like, so nothing's like when you, it's very risky to try to, to, to put the ball, even though it only needs the plane, the nose of the ball to break the plane, that's a risky play. And even Andy Reid talked about, you know, he's got to do better for next time in terms of that. Like we even coach, he basically said, I, I coach him not to do that in a sense. But outside of that, like Kansas City was near perfect in that second half. And they get, they put so much pressure on you to be, to be great for 60 minutes that it just breaks you. It eventually just breaks you. And I think when you walk away from this era of the Buffalo Bills, uh, it's going to be, you know, like they just ran to a better team, a better team, a better organization. Kansas City is just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Again, I I will never pick against that dude. <laughs> Between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I just, you just, like, you have just this perfect combination and marriage of quarterback-coach who just have just owned that, just own, continue to own the AFC and the AFC until the AFC goes through them. It's just that simple. It absolutely goes through them. Deep dive. We're looking at the final four quarterbacks. A very 
interesting group to say the least. Um, by the way, uh, I believe Lamar Jackson was named. Uh, saw someone on Instagram that had Lamar Jackson was named MVP. It's not exploiting news MVP, so it's not the official MVP. But he's going. He's going to. The MVP of uh, he's gonna be the MVP. So, you know that uh, that that's basically set in stone. Very interesting. Uh, this foursome of of quarterbacks uh, for these champion for these two championship games. Um, you look at you look at the top. Mahomes is just playing for legacy at this point. Like he's you know he's in the he's playing for legacy. It's about He's already a living legend. He's playing like he's playing for iconic status. To he's chasing Brady. I mean, that's all his story. He's chasing Brady. He has two Super Bowls, but he has seven. He's only twenty eight years old. It would go a long way if they were to go back to back. It would go an absolute long way, and so possibly it would give them it give would give him a puncher's chance to to approach that to approach that number if he were to win back to back and have three before the age of thirty. Uh, so he's playing for legacy. He has absolutely nothing to lose from the standpoint of, you know, talking about a guy his thirteen three playoff record. Um, there's always pressure, but he probably has the least amount of pressure of all these quarterbacks, as far as uh, he can go out there not play well, and, and we we're not going to destroy Mahomes. Lamar Jackson's on the threshold of greatness, and Lamar Jackson is going to win his second MVP. He had a big performance last week against Houston, uh, overmatched Houston team. Lamar Jackson needs to win this game. Like he needs to absolutely. He like this is a referendum game. This is a legacy game for Lamar Jackson. Again, he's still very young. I get it, but you know this will be the first game, first time Baltimore has ever hosted a playoff game. Excuse me, not a playoff game, a conference championship game. You have top to bottom the better team. You gotta go if, if you know a a win a win in this game. You know would go. To, you know we're, now we're talking about the Lamar Jackson, uh, Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes number one rival moving forward. We're not talking about Bill. We're not talking about Josh Allen. It, Lamar immediately moves into that second spot. Jared Goff is kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield is crew. Like, give me my respect. The, you know, bounce back guy who we, who we left for dead. Um, someone who has a Super Bowl appearance. And right now, someone who, you know, I don't realize, I don't think people realize how well he's played. We'll talk more about that in the championship preview. But Jared Goff has been, great over the past two seasons and you know he's out there still seeking that seeking for he's still out there seeking respect uh for how well he's played and when you talk about Brock Purdy Brock Purdy frankly could be playing for a contract and you're saying well what are you talking about uh he has one year left on his deal in 2024 before he becomes outright free agent after 2025, they're not going to 2025 with him. The only with him as a possible free agent, if they, if he's going to get extended, it's going to be this summer. And the question is, how much will it be for? How much will it be for? Or will it be even at all? If Brock Purdy goes out there and loses this and loses this game out uh, to the Lions at home. It is not out of the realms of possibility that he won't be on the team next year. That's not out of the realms of possibility. Don't like we've seen San Francisco move off a quarterback um in the past. They moved off Jimmy Garofalo, Trey Lance, that didn't work out. They here's what here's what you know about the 49ers. They feel like Garofalo cost them a Super Bowl a few years back against Kansas City. They feel like they had a complete team, and it was Garofalo that cost them the Super Bowl, and that contributed, certainly, to them moving off him after uh, last year. 
thinking that this guy could never, he's just never going to be able to lead us to a Super Bowl, despite how much great talent that we that, that, that he has, that we have at, on, on our team. Cody is in a position to where the team is absolutely loaded. They are loaded. But they know once they pay him, that talent will start to disintegrate slowly as a guy, as guys will take richer contracts other other to other to go to other places because you have to dump a certain percentage of your salary cap to enter the quarterback. And the question is, is he who is Brock Purdy? Is Brock Purdy a franchise quarterback or is Brock Purdy just a guy along for the ride who looks better, who looks good because of the talent that's around him? But who ultimately cannot could lead a team to a championship. And again, he goes out there and wins a Super Bowl. He you have to you have to pay him like a franchise, like a Super Bowl quarterback. Excuse me, like a top flight quarterback. There's all there is to it. There's no if hands or buts about it. He goes out there and wins a Super Bowl. You gotta give him his money, and he will, he will get his money. So all four of these quarterbacks are at different stages of their respective careers as far as legacy, as far as respect, as far as, you know, what they, uh, their uh, respective narratives going into, uh, going into this, going into these two games uh, this week uh, on Sunday. Speaking of Brock Ferdy, uh, they survived a major scare with, 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 with Green Bay. Um, Saturday. That was a game that, frankly, Green Bay should have won. If you're a Green Bay fan, you absolutely should be kicking yourself that you did not win that game. Now, I understand this is not, we're going to call it a devastating loss because Green Bay has a ton of young talent. They have a quarterback who is going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback who we know has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. And frankly, it was not a game that they were supposed to win. But if you're Green Bay, Again, you will be kicking yourself at what happened with just so many mistakes. Uh, the dropped interceptions, the, you know, the last pass play from Jordan Love, the missed field goal. There were so many plays, so many mess-ups, and just shooting themselves in the foot that – and these, they, always, they still only lost the game by three points. You know, you lose a two-on-turnover battle – on the road, you normally get your ass kicked. They lost a turn. They were minus two in the turnover battle and lost by three points. And that's with a missed field goal and a drop pick six. They absolutely should have won that game, which concerns me. Uh, and I'll talk about this in championship preview, preview, but which concerns me about San Francisco. Now, as far as this game goes, in terms of Brock Purdy, listen, he wasn't great in this game, but he did take his team down the field. And get the game winning and get the 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 the, the game the go ahead touchdown. So you have to give him credit for that. He made a big time throw to Jennings. That was that was a major throw. Um, that's not a game manager throw. That was a throw of a of a big time quarterback. And I'm not saying he is, but he made that was a big time throw. But he was not good in this game. Like he was aiming the ball, he's missing receivers left and right. Um, Green Bay's pass rush was getting to him. Uh, he looked. He looked nervous at times, looked overwhelmed at times. But again, I got to give him credit for, for doing what a quarterback does. Leads, you know, win the game, lead your team to the end zone and win the game. That's good. That quarterback has two jobs to win the game and lead your team to the end zone. That's the two jobs a quarterback has. And he did that well enough uh, to get San Francisco to the conference championship for the fourth time uh, in five years. I'm again Green Bay. Green Bay will be fine. They, you know, tweaked that defense a little bit, let the offensive talent develop, and they should be. They could be right back in these MC. They could be right back in this position and possibly even further along. Uh, come uh, come next season, I think they will go in. Even despite how well Detroit's played, I probably go in. Green Bay probably goes in uh, as at worst co-favorites in that division and amongst. The top four teams, or maybe the top three teams in the uh in the entire NFC in the entire conference. Who won the week? Um, 
Patrick Mahomes, uh, again, 13-3 off record for his career, 38 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 6-0 in the divisional games, and he never flinches. He never flinched during that whole time uh, when Buffalo started getting hot offensively. They matched him score for score and really should have had more points if Hartman with the fumble. But the crowd was completely unfazed by the, the, the Buffalo crowd. And again, this guy, and it goes without saying, is just a he's an all-time great player. He's all-time great at the age of 28. That's a scare. That's very scary. And again, it is absolutely on the table for him possibly to reach Brady's seven Super Bowls if they win this year. Has 100% on the tape. 100%. Um, and you're talking about a guy who just knows, again, big games, you want, you want the ball in his hands. And again, he does not blink in big games. Um, for the most part, again, you know, his three losses, he lost to Brady twice and Joe Burrow. Those are his three playoff losses. So th- those are high-level quarterbacks. So you have to play at a ridiculous level in order to even have a chance against this dude. Championship game previews. Um, as far as Detroit-San Francisco, I really like Detroit in this game. Uh, San Francisco, if you look back on San Francisco, first of all, out of the five, out of the out of the four San Francisco teams that have made the conference championship in the last five years, to me, this is the weakest. And I say this is the weakest, not so much from a talent standpoint, but in terms of how how they're playing. San Francisco has not, to me, going back and looking at their schedule, they haven't played a big-time game since they destroyed Philadelphia in Week 13. And that victory has not aged well, considering Philadelphia just completely falling apart to end the season and, and into the playoffs. Um, Detroit has a game that can travel. Detroit will go into this game, can play free. They can go into this game with a, you know, hearing, you know, probably hearing about how great San Francisco is. Who knows about Debo Samuel? Like, I think Debo Samuel will play. The question is, will he be able to finish the game? That's the bigger question. Not so much he will play. If he's if the guy, if the guy is 50 50, and we're talking about the conference championship playoff game, he's going to play. So I like I don't for a second doubt that Debo Samuel will play. But Detroit matches up against San Francisco. They can run the San Francisco's this. That run defense is not like that. You can run the ball against San Francisco's defense. Uh, Detroit has one of the better rushing games in the league. Detroit has an a excellent offensive line. Uh, again, Jared Goff has been here for in, in a conference championship. Uh, Brock Purdy, you know. Last year was there, but you know, got hurt, of course, and very early in the Philadelphia game, destroyed you guys' elbow, destroyed. But you certainly have to get an edge, a slight edge to, I think, in terms of championship experience to Jared Goff. And now Kyle Shannon and Kyle Shanahan, you know, has a coaching advantage. But you know, Dan Campbell, look, we keep talking about Dan Campbell, this Dan Campbell, that Dan Campbell has turned this team around completely. To where you know they're one game away from the Super Bowl. I just have a feeling that Detroit uh, is going to ride this momentum into the Super Bowl. They they are clearly to be the best story remaining out of all these four teams. They are they are the story remaining as far as I ain't gonna say Cinderella, but you know not ever going to a Super Bowl in, in the history of the organization. Uh, I like Detroit in this game to win a very close game. I would say twenty eight. 27, 28, 26. They'll, this would be a field goal game. This is one. This is going to be a one possession field goal game. Go right down to the wire. And Detroit, the thing if you if you watch Detroit the past couple of weeks, they've gotten stronger as the game has gone along. They've been challenged. They got challenged both weeks. They are battle tested. They've been challenged. Got challenged against the Rams. They got challenged against Tampa against Tampa Bay. That was a 17-17 game before they pulled away. So, and you look at Detroit, going back to the next, last season, they are 19-6. and six. That's not a small body of work. Jared Goff, um, again, has played extremely well. Like, Jared Goff has played at a very high level since he came over, um, since he was traded. You look at, you know, he 
Golf has 59 in his last two seasons. Golf has 59 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. 59 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. They are 21 13 in those games. Um, I think golf will play well in this game. And I think the difference in this game will be Detroit's running game. And, 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 and frankly, listen, statistically, their defense is not spectacular, but their defense, they have a guy that can rush the passer in Aiden Hutchinson. He's been a big he's been as good as there is as far as rushing the passer over the last month or so. I think he has like eight sacks in his last four games. That guy can get to the quarterback. He can wreck he can wreck a game if you allow him to. So I'm not feeling good about San Francisco at all in this game. Of course, they have home foot advantage. Um, I think again, I think Detroit can play anywhere. I really, I think they again, I think they they're they're, they're they're not. This is no longer. This is not the old Detroit Lions teams with the playoff. When even when they were playoff teams that were just built for the dome and could not play outside. Even then, you go back to Wayne Fonts. Wayne Fonts had Barry Sanders, Eric Kramer, some of those guys. Those teams, those guys, they they could not play outdoors. Even Matthew Stafford, some of those teams, and Calvin Johnson, they were not good outdoors. So they were clearly the epitome of a dome team. That's not the case with this team. This team could play anywhere with the, with their particular style. As far as the as far as the uh, AFC, this is why we you know this is why you watch football. You have two of the most electrifying quarterbacks in the sport. You have a guy that wants what the other guy has. And, you know, if Lamar Jackson, you want to be one day known as the best quarterback in the league. If you want to be, you want a championship, this is what you have, this is who you have to go through. The AFC, the NFL, in a sense, goes through Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, the AFC in particular. And, you know, listen, they've had uh, over the past, Kansas City has had Baltimore's number in recent years, but they haven't met uh, since 20, haven't met in a couple of years now. I think it's either the 22 season or 20, 20, 21 season, the last time they've met. So Lamar Jackson isn't remotely the same player he is right now. This is the best version we've ever seen of Lamar Jackson, especially from the pocket. But everything that he, Kansas City and Spagnola will test him in ways that he's never been tested before. Like they will throw, they will look at Spagnola. I, you know, it's gonna throw some stuff at him that he's never seen. Like Spagnola, we're talking about being one of the better defensive coordinators, big game defensive coordinators, uh, in the last decade, in the last maybe in the last twenty years. Um, that defense has been, you know, Kansas City defense has been spectacular this year. They will throw some stuff. They, they, they will absolutely. I don't. Listen, uh, Kansas City give a lot, a ton of running yards to Buffalo. We know this. We know that Baltimore has a, you know, is a superior running team to Buffalo. It's not even close from that standpoint. But I have a feeling what they would do is they would dare, they will cut down on Lamar's runs and dare and be like, okay, since you have you really how how much have you really improved on the pocket? We're going to force you to beat us in the pocket because we. Kansas City, Baltimore has the advantage at the point of attack with their offensive line in terms of running the ball, but Kansas City has the advantage as far as their secondary versus Baltimore's receivers. Kansas City has two all-pro caliber uh, sec- uh, defensive backs uh, versus Kansas City's receivers. So that they Kansas City wants Baltimore to throw the to to throw the ball like they really in a in a real way they want Baltimore to throw, they absolutely throw the ball. So. They're gonna they're gonna really test Lamar Jackson's patience in this game. He's gonna have to be patient uh, with his reads. He's going to be because they're going to limit his runs. I I would say Lamar Jackson will not have will not exceed fifty yards in this game. I believe that. I, I think they're gonna hold him to fifty and under. I really believe that. So he's gonna have to make plays from the pocket. I think ultimately, ultimately. Kansas City will find a way to win this game. On paper, Baltimore is the better team uh, from top to bottom. But again, I just it's, it's hard for me to bet against uh, Kansas City in this spot with one game away from being from the Super Bowl. Kansas City will not blink. They won't. They absolutely will not blink in this spot. 
if you're Baltimore, if you are, you know, Lamar Jackson, you want to be, you know, amongst the greats, you win it, you, pure and simple, you win this game. It's at home. You will not be better set up as far as having talent around you. Especially, again, he's on that list of quarterbacks that, that recently got paid. His cap number is probably going to go up. Uh, so they, you know, this is as good a chance as you will ever get against Patrick Mahomes. And really, you know, this is a <laughs> this is a big game for the, the state of the AFC. If Baltimore can't beat Kansas City this year, if you can't get Kansas City this year, when are you ever going to get them? Because they're going to fix that offense in the offseason. I promise you. That, now, their defense might be might not be as good. Probably won't be as good. They'll still be very good next year. They'll probably take a, take a step back, a small step back next year. But I guarantee you, they will not have, their offense won't look anything like it did this year. I promise you that. Like their organization, right, right as we speak, are, are working on that. That's how they move. That's why, you know, they're amongst the best cultures and, cultures and organizations in football. They're not going to stand pat with that offense looking like the way it did this year. Now is time to get Kansas City, like right now. And again, Baltimore, you will not have a better chance. You won't. You got to get them now because they that offense will be fixed. And, you know, they're not going anywhere. Like, I, I don't know. Andy Reid has they he has no has has not spoken at all at, about retirement. You haven't heard like they're not going anywhere. Mahomes is healthy. That team is almost a lock every year to be in a conference championship. And if you're the AFC, if you're if you're Lamar Jackson, if you really want to see Kansas City for the future, you got to beat them now. See, Buffalo had their chance in 2022. That was that. That was their chance. That was really their chance. They couldn't do it this year. They come in home field, but not really as confident as they should. That not probably really as confident because they had never done done it before in the in the postseason. Baltimore, you gotta pick like you have to pick them off when when you know when the iron when you have to strike while the iron's hot. You may never, you may never get a better chance, but ultimately, I like the season to end the way it started, and that's with Kansas City and Detroit uh, playing in the Super Bowl. And for for the Baltimore game, I will take Kansas City twenty four twenty one. I'll let you go. A couple of real thoughts um, and be. Only this week went for seventy points. Just a just like a video game line, seventy points, eighteen rebounds, five assists. Uh, only Michael Jordan has put up even a similar line in the history of the NBA. Uh, he breaks the, the Philadelphia seventy six scoring record as far as for a single game. Think about some of the Sixers that have played over like that's you know Barkley and Julius Irving, some of the you know since all time greats that that franchise has had. Over the course of their uh, respective, uh, over the course of its um, existence, listen, I, I can easily go into this means next to nothing until he does it in the playoffs. I could go there. I'm not going to go there. What I'm going to go first of all, this is an all-time great regular season performance on just tremendous shooting. He is playing the best basketball of anybody in the league right now. He, if the MVP were taken today, he would win the MVP. His second straight MVP. And frankly, he's gotten to a point to where he's too good to fail in the postseason. And what I mean by that, um, Alex Rodriguez, all-time great baseball player, at one point was winning MVPs left and right. He was the best player in the sport for about a forty-five, about a three to four-year period in the in the early two thousands to mid two thousands before Bonds had you know his second explosion where he was where he won like four straight MVPs. But A Rod was was that dude. But when he got to the Yankees, um he would put up these ridiculous numbers and be an absolute no show in the postseason. 
and it made zero sense. He had one great postseason with the Yankees, and it's not a coincidence that during that particular postseason, they won a championship. And the knock on A-Rod would be like, yo, you are too great to come up small in the postseason. Like, you're too great. Like, you can't be this dominant and come up small in the postseason. That's where Embiid is at now. Like, I can't, you can't, you cannot dominate the game like he's dominating in a regular season and not producing the postseason. He has to, they, if you're the Sixers, not only does he have to produce at a high level in the postseason, the Sixers have to go for it and they have to go for it now. You cannot, you don't listen. And Booth has, has been relatively healthy this season, but, you know, relatively healthy. He missed a game here and there, but, you know, he hasn't, you know, they're not doing the load management. Like that with him, and he's been, you know, he's been durable for him. Not playing every game, but for him, he's been durable. You just don't know when his health can go. Like <laughs> you just don't know. And he's having, he's having like three straight seasons of one of thirty points a game. He's going to probably have a chance at back-to-back MVPs. They have the Sixers have to absolutely go for it this year. You can't sit up here and say, "All right, we're going to keep all our caps, save our cap, and go out there free agents in the summer." No, you have to try to win a title. This year, whether it's Dewan Dewan J. Murray or somebody else, they have to go for it this year because right now that dude is unstoppable. Like you can't, he's unguardable right now. Like he's shooting, he plays like a, he's you know he plays like a seven foot guard. I saw you know people were basically saying he's Kevin Durant, but you know Kevin Durant, but like eighty pounds heavier. That's not that's not far off because he he, he hits every jump shot off the dribble. Pull up. I mean, pull up. Altered. I mean, he's hitting every single jump shot and jab step, face up. And he still does damage inside where he will play the power game and you have no answer for him inside inside for the most part. You have no answer for him with that when he does decides to get physical and, and go inside. So he's unguardable right now. And again, you have a player, that's, you know, that's what got Adrian Griffin fired. When you have a player at this level, at an MVP level, you can't waste those years. You can't. So we'll see what the Sixers do. Um, speaking of Milwaukee, they have a new head coach. Uh, one Glenn Doc Rivers is going to be the head coach. Before I get to Doc Rivers, um, get rid of eight. Get rid of Adrian Griffin. This was never going to work. Uh, you cannot bring in a guy with no head coaching experience in this spot to coach Giannis, a veteran-laden team with championship aspirations, especially, and I said this during the podcast, along with Boston, Milwaukee has the most pressure to win a championship this year. Those two teams by far. Because of how, not only because of their roster construction, but the bottom line is Milwaukee, the clock is ticking in terms of Giannis. Giannis, not so much his age, but uh, even with the contract extension he signed, Giannis could easily force a trade if he's there. like that. That's on the table. And you know what? He's not going to get. He can't. You can't destroy him for that because he he led him to a championship three years ago. That team has to win right now, and you have a guy who no. Again, this was doomed to fail from the beginning. Bringing in a guy who had that had no head coaching experience, who as soon as anything goes wrong, the players, you know, he didn't clearly didn't have enough backing from the front office to say, "Chill out, this is your coach, this is our coach." Remember Pat Riley had Eric. Remember the Miami Heat's first year when you know there were stories that LeBron went to Pat Riley and was basically wanted to get rid of Eric Spoelstra, and they Eric and Pat Riley was like, "No." This is your coach. Well, you know, Milwaukee, and this is to me, I, I don't think that the organization was, was all in on Adrian Griffin. They were hoping to uh, strike gold with the recent uh, hot, this recent rash of um, ex player hires who are young, talented assistant coaches who have seemingly have a rapport with the players in, in the mode of Darvin Ham and, and what have you. So they were trying to hit on, hit, hit you know, they were trying to uh, take it, it to that well. Well, when that goes bad, it can go, it can go left real quick because players 
are going to be out on those type of guys if they don't command, if they don't believe in themselves as coaches. Adrian Griffin's first mistake, and I'm not even first mistake was to give in to the players when they wanted to switch up the defensive scheme after like five games. He had a he had a he had a scheme. The players didn't like it. The players went to him and was like, yeah, let's go back to doing the way we wanted, way we the way we did under Coach Bud. He gave in. At that point, you have they, the players have no respect for you. Because now they feel like they can just push you around. Like they look at you like a substitute teacher. You should have stuck. If, if I'm gonna go down, I'm going down with my with my system. I'm not going down doing something. Uh it's one thing to be flexible. It's one thing to want to, to, to tweak things. There's no way after five games that you can say that this doesn't work. The players would have had to, you know, fall in somewhat fall in line and allowed me to coach my system to coach my system, but I would have had to have it would have to be more than five games for me to switch that up. So the players pushed him around from that standpoint. And at that point, he you know, that was to me when he lost a locker room. So we can talk, we can talk about the, you know, Terry Slots walking out. We can talk about Giannis at the scores table. But to me, he gave it to the players, Brooke Lopez and what have you, uh, way too early. And, you know, there was just no respect. And he finds himself uh out of a job. And listen, the you had to make this move. They were not going to, on their current trajectory, they weren't going to win. They weren't thinking about winning a championship. They weren't even getting, you know, they wouldn't even get out the East. If there's such thing as being a bad 30 and 13, they were that. Even in big, they, even their wins were not, impre- were not impressive. They've had, they had one great win over the seat over the, and that was over the Celtics. And that's, mind you, Celtics were coming off an overtime game the night before. Uh, you make Doc Rivers, and again, man, keep this in mind. Milwaukee had a legitimate chance of getting Nick Nurse. I don't know how you how you choose Adrian Griffin over Nick Nurse. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get that one. You 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 saw what Nick Nurse did to your team from a coaching standpoint in 2019. Coach circles around Coach Button Hoser and had Giannis in a you know in a straight jacket with with some of his defensive schemes and some of the adjustments that he made over the course of that series. So I don't like I I just don't get what I don't I, the Adrian Griffin thing will you know stuff will come out late I'm sure today and as time moves on. But uh Milwaukee's got some issues right now. They have some major issues because you bring in a guy who has a Hall of Fame resume, but frankly you know, we're looking at Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has not led a team past the second round since 2012 when he's with Boston. Doc Rivers, you know, has been a walking second round out as a head coach for the last four years or so. He's had he has one championship and he's coached some of the some of this generation's best players. And he's you know I mean all star hearts Doc Rivers has has coached. But forget about the Celtics. I'm just talking about his in like within kind of between the Clippers and uh the Sixers. Between the Clippers and the Sixers. And he he could not get to the conference finals with any of those with all with any of those teams despite having all that talent. Not even one conference final. Not one. Clippers didn't get to the conference final until Ty Lu became the coach. So I don't try I I just <laughs> I, if you Milwaukee chooses the safe choice, I guess it was the safe choice. If you want to call it a safe choice, boy, I, I, I don't get uh, you know Kenny Atkinson. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you couldn't to you after you rid of Adrian Griffin, you could not go with another nine, another head coach, another coach without head coaching experience. You couldn't do that. So I, it, Doc, you know, happened to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Doc, I mean, Doc Rivers must be living right. He has to be living right because he keeps getting these jobs with these teams that are absolutely loaded. I mean, loaded. Loaded basketball teams. So, I I think Milwaukee, you know, they, they're going to try to make a trade. They don't have a lot of assets and, and capital to make a trade. They just gave, I mean, their, their draft capital basically is gone. You know, maybe they can move a Connington or if they want to move, you know, 
campaign. I mean, how much value those guys have? Content has been terrible this season. Campaign is campaign. Like I, I don't know what the move is for Milwaukee. Uh, they have there have been some rumors that they could be in line in talks to probably to try to go after Caruso. But they, I mean, I, they had teams. They, teams would be able to put up better offers than they, what they could put up to get Caruso. Alex Caruso is, could be a very valuable player for a contender with what he can do defensively, and he's not a bad three point shooter. And he, and, Frank, he, and he's a champion. He won the championship with the Lakers in twenty twenty. It was a big part of that, to be honest with you as a role player. So, excellent. He'd be a perfect guy for Milwaukee. I don't know they have the assets to to make that to acquire a player of that, of that magnitude. So, we'll see what happens with Milwaukee. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Thanks for joining me. This podcast, again, will be up by Thursday, uh, Thursday morning. Have a great rest of your week. So long. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.